0: Okay, let's keep ticking off the miles and time for our feature interview this week with the fantastic Joe O'Leary. We run in mud and slush in the rain is how he described his spine challenger. But as you'll hear now in his chat with Simon Kelly from the Waterfall Trail Running Festival, it was anything but.
1: We're very lucky to have Joe O'Leary here, fresh back from the UK on his uh, journey over to the spine challenger. Uh, a bit of background, the Spine Challenger, it's 108 miles, but usually runs a bit longer. And uh, Joe covered about 181k from uh, what I saw with uh, over 5,500 meters of elevation. There's a 60-hour cutoff, but that wasn't good enough for Joe. Joe came home in third position in three 30 hours, 30 minutes and 45 seven seconds i'm not sure if joe knows the time to uh, second and back to fourth but 52 minutes behind second and a whopping six hours and 49 minutes ahead of fourth uh, it's a really brutally tough race there was snow ice mud sub-zero temperatures gale force winds a real test so uh, you're very welcome joe and congratulations
2: thank you simon yeah good to be here good to be back in dry
1: land again (laughs) i'm sure i'd love to go back a little bit even before we talk about the uh, spine challenger because i know a little bit about you and i mean from what i've seen and what i'm aware you were a rally driver mountain biker adventure racer then an ultra trail runner you've covered the carryway ultra the tds the utmb and you were one of the first yourself, and Kevin went off and did the Eva Rat Traverse. So you've always gravitated towards the extreme from what I've seen. So tell us a little bit about what drives you and what motivates you for these kind of challenges.
2: Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, all these things are look fairly cool. You know, I mean, when you watch them on TV, you see pictures and books right? I mean, they look absolutely fantastic. I mean, way better than kicking a ball around the field or something in the rain you ask me so um yeah and it's it like even mountain biking it's a bit cooler than road even though i do road as well and that's uh i loved racing in that uh, more so than racing mountain bike but mountain bike got in way cooler places like and you'd be covered in mud and shit and everything just just great so
1: so if you put it like so it's like
2: and being so what, what dirty is a great game, adventure like? you know
1: what was the gateway? What was the first thing you saw then on the screen and went, that's for me, I want to give that a go?
2: <sighs> God, I suppose I started from hiking and struggling up the mountain, but running down it. I said, this is absolutely fantastic. It's, uh, it's exhilarating, really, running down mountains, but um, I never thought I'd be able to run up with them. So that's pretty
1: cool. So the adrenaline is a big feature and I'm sure yes, the adrenaline big. was coursing through your veins and the spine challenger. I mean, for, <laughs> well, I would imagine with the performance you put in, it was, it was incredible to watch. I was watching that dot moving along and, uh, you know, enjoying it thoroughly. Like, how do you prepare for an event like that?
2: I, I honestly don't know. Um, I think it's, just doing good mileage and consistent uh, training for the last uh, I suppose after TDS. TDS is my last proper injury so it's basically what two and a half years of training because uh, like I never really stopped after UTMB or or, uh, Spain either We did the world championships Um, it took a few days off back running again so I was actually quite tired coming into this as I didn't feel I would enough done And I'd probably about three 30k runs done, maybe four, I suppose. No, three or four. And uh, so I didn't feel up to it at all. I didn't feel that I had enough done, uh, especially in the running side, because it actually turned out there was a lot of running in the damn thing. Um, That sounds stupid, but like it was very runnable uh, compared to UTMB and stuff. So um, I actually hadn't the whole pile done, but I think because I'd done so much So consistently in the last two and a half years that uh, I had a latent fitness and, yeah, basically I was doing a lot of strength work as well in the last year, probably nine months. Um, You know, once a week I'm doing focused strength work to it with a guy. And uh, I think that's really got me around and through it without any major injury or anything.
1: So with that and carrying that in, what were your goals and aspirations for the race going over if you felt a little bit unprepared?
2: Oh, I, don't, I wanted to finish. I knew that if nothing big went wrong like that, that that'd be a good chance of having a top five. Um, you know, I was hoping for 30 hours. Um, and I don't know where I got that time Actually, I just honestly pulled it out of my arse uh, because I was, like, saying it would be definitely longer than the carry away. And possibly shorter than uh, UTMB, so it kind of <laughs> split it between one was twenty nine, the other was thirty one. So I said thirty hours of the grand, and uh, it was near enough to that. But like, uh, I I don't know. Uh, it just all felt so slow. I mean, it really I've never done something so slow in my life. This is just headwrecking. I mean the. the like, it was very runnable, but I didn't feel that I was running fast because all you're doing is staggering, basically. It's a staggering race, if you ask me.
1: Okay. And did you have an awareness, or when did you first have an awareness that you were in a podium position? And did that kind of change your strategy or, or how you felt about the race at any point?
2: i tell you what, um, those five of us went off together. And then I, spot, I was looking around, and I said, to, um, oh, this guy looks half-sponsored, and this guy looks fit, and whatever, and those three guys took off. And I said, I said to the other guy, I said, this is great. Best thing could ever happen, because they're gone now, and we can enjoy it. And it was only, I don't know, a couple hours in. One of them passed us again, so we'd realized that we were in third and fourth. And I met some other person, and I said, oh, you're in second. Ah, He's all wrong, sure, he doesn't know where he is. Um, but it actually turned out that I was because I'd left the other guy and, um, the guy in front got lost and something happened, Jim Mann as well, that he got lost as well. So I was actually in second for a bit, but I didn't know it until after. And then, um, he, man passed again. So I knew it was in third, but I suppose when was that my last concept of time really was about four hours in five hours in and, um, I thought I'd have a, a head up on the guy behind, so I wasn't too worried. And I said, sure, look, if I just tip away here, it'd be grand, we'd have a good result and i will settle for that.
1: So so that you did that for the, the next twenty six and, and a bit hours.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard enough to do. Yeah. You know, you you feel you want to push, but it's like, why bother? And then it's oh, God, it was miserable most of the time. Like, I mean. Even the place names like Bleaklow and Badger's Bottom and oh, God horrible, God horrible names, God horrible places. And uh, it was very, it was hard enough to be motivated. Actually, in it. it is quite, it's, it's, it is brutal, like it's properly named. It's
1: very and, and brutal. did you uh, have a, a point where you did try and think, okay? second i'm in touch with second now towards the end that that you could push and close that gap or did you yeah. have an awareness
2: yeah i told brian buckley to text me if uh, things were tight and i heard a text uh, i don't know what time it was maybe uh i don't know 11 o'clock or something a few hours to go and go on by nearly have him i was doing the car cats and all the text <laughs> and uh i was like i was looking up there was good view up here. Yeah, i can't see him and uh, I didn't check my own tracker, but yeah, I'll push on a small But Like, I mean, I'll run this, but I want to walk it, but I'll run it. And it turned out it was in a horrible place because it was quite a lot of snow there. And uh, some there was some uh, tracks from four-wheel drives and stuff. It made it very hard to run them. And uh, so it was actually... Like if, if there was no snow, you could fly there, but so could be the guy, the guy in second. But it turned out it was actually I was using far more energy than I thought I would. So, yeah, I could of lost motiva- motivation again. But what um, I'd forgotten, and Brian didn't know, is that that guy had 18 minutes on me anyway if I had passed him. Because I took the main route across the river in flood, and he took the long way around. So he was given 18 minutes because he took the long way and I didn't. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I kind of forgotten about that as well. So even if I passed him, he would have won by 18 minutes. So That, that would, would have been very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah. So uh, actually he forgot about it as well. Cause I was talking to him after and he said he checked his phone and saw me coming up behind and said, he better move on. I said, you're lucky there because I have a name for finishing fast. <laughs> yeah.
1: And he'd forgotten was, about it. What was the most challenging or, or, or maybe even the, the lowest point during that, the, the 30, 30 hours and 30 minutes?
2: The lowest point was the lowest of my life, I think, running. Wow. Um, it was actually coming through the first and only uh, big checkpoint, which was 75km, I think, 74 k in, in um, uh, Hebden Bridge. Uh, and it's down inside in the hole. Oh, he's a god-awful hole, and I'd made up my mind I was pulling out, and all I was doing was figuring out, would I sleep there and go home later, or would I get a taxi, or who will I ring, or what will I do, and just figuring all out that. And then it dawned on me to ring Brian for some strange reason, and there was one part of my head saying, sure, what are you ringing him for? Because he'll only tell you to stay in it, and there's no way I want to be told to stay in because i'm pulling out that's it and um anyway i rang him and uh, i was in such a hole in the in the middle of a forest that uh, i had no phone coverage so that was grand and it was about five minutes later get into the checkpoint are you okay no i'm pulling out i'll sit down there i'll get you some tea and by the first first of tea anyway, i was gonna eh, actually I don't feel too bad now again and the medic came over, I said, no, I'm pulling out, my leg is sore, and I fell there and there's a bruise, and he looked at it, and he said, no, I don't see anything, oh, yeah, no, there's nothing yeah, okay, and uh, checked my ankle, oh, that's sore as well, no, I see nothing there either, no, I can't, I can't squat, and he looked at me, uh, like, in, as if to say, what do you need to squat for, you in a, you know, an, an ultra-race, no, I could Yeah, yeah, actually, I don't feel too bad, no, so... Yeah, I got my feet dry and uh, clean socks on and ate, ate my bit of food and found a can of Coke. And after that, it was 100% again, took off and uh, thought no more about it. I was half embarrassed, but yeah, you know, I mean, you, you meet these little patches and um, I think the worst thing that can happen is getting a low patch around the place that you can easily pull out. I mean, if it happens, I mean, top of a mountain, you just have to keep going. But when it's so easy to pull out, it's very easy to do, but uh look, we didn't um so but it was a long night it was uh it was longest night ever
1: I can imagine I'm sure they say don't die in the chair that's that is the temptation yeah. And it, I suppose, to, to the opposite of that. Were there any points, or what were the high points, or so I speak, think some people refer to them as flow state, where it almost feels effortless. Did you go through any of those during the?
2: Yeah, yeah, one, but it was, was short lived enough. Actually, it was <laughs> anti climax, um, coming off Penny Gint. I suppose I couldn't like I've seen I've been watching YouTube videos of this Penny Gint and fountains fell before it. And they look pretty spectacular. And uh, and the run into Pinny Ghent and it comes out up out of the horizon. Uh, it's quite steep. And they'd warned me in registration that, oh, it's quite a scramble and you should watch it. And, oh, yeah, well, I'd be used to that. No, no, seriously, watch it. Oh, yeah, Grant. Uh, not knowing that there's mountains in Ireland, too. Um, so, got up there and it was like the steps up to the friary in town. You know, it was just, it was grand, and... Jeez, there was uh, flagstones up the top and everything. Nice, gentle run off of it. And I said, jeez, that's it. Race done, sure. Just head away in home now. And big spoil in my face and happy out. And uh, then I realized, well, hold on, there's another. I remembered my uh, that I'd written down, there was 35k left after that. So, God, no. And... Um, So, yeah, the high was kind of short-lived because I knew I had a lot more snow and bog left to go. But, uh, yeah, that's what happens. Like, uh, it was a bit of an anti-climax in finishing because I thought I'd finished earlier. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like the last few hours, it dragged on so much. And, like, I thought I'd never get there. But, uh, you
1: know, obviously I did so looking back it's, is it the toughest thing you've ever done oh or... god yeah yeah okay yeah and the toughest thing is the motivation and just the drudgery by the sounds of it. it
2: is the brutality of it because like the conditions you've no idea because you wouldn't go out running in that leg i mean if it was at home you just wouldn't you wouldn't do it. so i hadn't done um I'd never been out in those combined conditions like I'd been out in snow. I'd been out in the rain, obviously, because ran from Kerry and the wind and all that, but not snow with rain, melting it, running in slush in gale force wind, minus eight wind chill, on slippy flagstones, uh, in, a, in a moor, uh, in what else? God knows. Um, and it's just everything together. And I said, I oh, geez, how does he and Keith do this? Like, <laughs> and, and come back and do it again and again and again and again. I said, it must be absolutely fantastic people to do the proper race. Uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't grasp it, but you know, saying, this is absolutely horrible. It, you know, it's, it's kind of like hardship and misery personified. And then you look down at your feet and you go, pretty cool. Doll. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> pretty, pretty cool to be able to do it. Uh, not that you're exactly having fun or anything, but it's still pretty cool. And, you know, it's uh i suppose that's who you were mentioning earlier like they do get a bit of a kick out of it
1: and I, i'd be very interested to hear what kind of kit did you use like what was your kit for the race um particularly shoes and um different packs because i know you have a lot of experience and i'm sure you've gone through countless different items of, of kit so tell us a little bit about the stuff that you used and what worked really well for you
2: yeah, um, I started using. Let's start from the feet up, I presume. Um, I started using Speed goats, whatever they are, Hawker uh, Speed Goats, I suppose, I don't know, about six or no, maybe two months ago. And uh, I felt like there's a great amount of cushioning in them, and I thought I'd need that. And uh, there's also good grip, and like I was very happy with them now, in fairness. And, um, you know, I was a bit worried that. My feet being wet for 30 hours would be an issue. But I'd also try this new thing of, I got it actually, an idea of an adventure race guy, I think that's the name, Adam Rose, about putting cream on your on your feet at night and then socks over them, you know, for a week before the race. Uh, so that's what I did. I used um, Kilta for that, actually. I got sent them at the Kilta sock thing combo. Oh, yeah. uh, so I had that done from Monday. Now I missed the night before. All right, but... So my feet were lovely and soft and uh, normal socks and everything. And uh, waterproof pants because of the wind and everything. Um, uh, what else? Did we Obviously the Columbia Outright Jacket, they're a great job. And I actually had a skiing base layer that I have. Oh, I must have it 15 years and I think I got a rally or something, but they're just fantastic. Um, so two of them, and the bag, a twenty-five liter bag, uh, OMM, which um, Ian Keish recommends. So that's why I got that. Plus we had it as well. In um, a couple of guys had it in Spain, the adventure race. So I borrowed that to train with it first. Um, and then the rest is all. The, the, I mean, the kit list is huge. Jesus, you have to carry. Specific sleeping bag, uh, bivy bag or tent. Um, is that uh, the blow-up mattress. Um, you know, it can't be a very. It has to be three-quarter length one of them as well. Uh, stove, gas, three tu- thousand calories of food, uh, which is quite a lot and quite heavy. And I, I supplemented that with some expedition food dry pouches. You also know, made a bit lighter. Um, and the rest, your know, goggles. Let um, me think: compass, map, GPS. You know, you have to take one of them—a proper one—which is absolute lifesaver. God, I mean, I would end up in Wales or somewhere other uh, without that. And no, it's seriously, like it's—it's a lifesaver. Um, what else? Obviously, you have to take extra base layers and mid layers of synthetic material oh god hats um yeah th- i mean an awful lot of stuff
1: uh did you weigh your pack what, what was? I, the I was afraid of to,
2: no i was afraid i honestly no and I, I was going to after. jeez so i must see what weight that was but oh no i no. i i said if i had that number in my head i'd no no it, oh, god it was heavy right like
1: and at uh, the, the checkpoint, did you have any, any drop bags or abilities? Like, did you change your socks? Did you do any of that kind of maintenance along yeah,
2: the way? Yeah, well, you had to carry dry ones anyway. But, it, see, there was only one proper checkpoint with a drop bag, which we're used to. I mean, how many of you can carry away? Six or seven? Yeah. And um, UTMB is two. So we'd only do one, and it was only 74K, and so I had to do another 110 then after that. Um So, yeah, only one there, and it was basically to replenish the food that I'd eaten, because you had to carry all your own food. There was no food after either in any checkpoint, like, um, oh, I got mince pies off one guy, right? Uh, Just one mince pie. But um, no, man, you had to carry everything. Um, So change the socks, try to feed, change the socks, and I put on one of those other Aldi base layer thingies, and... Uh, a warm top I got from Brian Buckley sponsored. Uh keep me warm. And uh yeah, back on everything else again. And uh yeah, so I think I might have stayed there a bit too long, but I was trying to get my head together. I don't know how long I stayed there. I must check, but probably half an hour maybe I don't know.
1: And for your nutrition, what did you eat along the way? You said you brought some expedition kind of food, but did you eat that or were you just literally carrying that to make up that three hundred calories?
2: No, I was just carrying it to make up to 300 calories and it was light. No, um, food is quite heavy, man. I mean, bananas and stuff are quite heavy. I just took two of them and I fell in one. So I had to eat that before I wanted to because it's pure squash. So that was uh, unfortunate. So unfortunately, and people will hate to hear this, but uh, I had three Twixes, Snickers, uh, one of those Rice crispy things. Um, and Stalin, this Stalin bread you get inside in uh, little, and they're 200 calories a bite. And uh, geez, they were lovely, actually. So I carried them. But I think I didn't carry quite enough for the first section. And I thought that the checkpoint to be closer. And I think that's what happened to me when I wanted to pull out, that I just hadn't enough fuel in the brain because um, I said, oh, I should be there in half an hour. I won't bother eating, but it was it was way longer and um, very difficult to send into it. And that's probably what happened there. But um, so I didn't, like, I'd rather eat proper food and veg, or not veg, <laughs> but, uh, fruit and stuff. And, and like you'd eat in UTMB, um, nice bits of cake and uh, crackers and bouillon and all that. But no, it was all sweet stuff which I had none of in UTMB. Um, so it was totally different food at this time. It didn't seem to bother me too much. There's no oil effects.
1: Would the difference in temperature uh, kind of lend itself to, to more sweet foods as well and easier to carry then?
2: I have no idea, but possibly, yeah. Because Now that you say it, when I'm really hot, I don't like the last thing you want is chocolate, isn't it? Mm. So, um, yeah and i missed my coke as well i do know one kind of coke it's nice to have a a coke at checkpoints sure and utmb there you've you've got access to coke every two and a half three hours and uh, it gets some people home you know
1: that's great so i mean obviously it all came together and uh, you 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 really put on a fantastic performance and after that i mean (laughs) if you could do any race now, like what's next on the cards or in any race, if you could get into it straight away, like Barkley, Hard Rock, Tour de Jon maybe the spine, the full mm. race, like what would be the dream race for you?
2: Tour de Jon I'd say would be easier than the big spine. So, um, yeah, for pure and utter spectacularness and kudos, it'd probably be Tour de Jon Um, but for pure brutality, hard man thing and career ending run, it would be the spine, which I told everyone, they'd never again see me here. And uh, there was no way I was doing the full one, absolutely, comprehensively, never. And that lasted uh, 48 hours or so, so now I'm thinking about it Um, after seeing uh, Ian so effortlessly finish again. Um, but obviously it's not as easy as he makes it look uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah um, like you see it would be nice to do western states and all that crack but uh, yeah the heat doesn't suit the foxy boys so there's no point doing that I, I just, I'd just melt um, so yeah something cooler and I suppose the spine would be the coolest uh, in terms of temperature and uh, tour the jaunts yeah I think that might suit me better because like i said earlier in um that there's a lot of running in the spine and you know i'm a bit more of a um, steep stuff which i actually don't run that much um so tour de jaunt with all the hiking uphill
1: uh, might suit me a bit better i suppose that uh, to 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 kind of bring it round to uh, kind of the end uh, a couple of uh simple ones hopefully for you what would your favourite trail or route in Ireland be then? In Ireland.
2: Oh, my local one here around the lake.
1: It served you well.
2: Yeah, yeah, the people are wondering why I keep doing it. Um I think no no so I'd love it. It's uh yeah, I think so. Uh, that, that's the only one that comes to mind. I mean, obviously there's you know, you will say the ten or twenty more that I love to do, but I suppose your favorite one is the one that you keep doing that's always different and you still love it. So if you're taking, if you're going by that, um, it has to be the local one around the lake.
1: For anyone who doesn't know, Joe's right beside Muckris. So it's the, the Muckris Lake for anyone who doesn't know Joe. Yeah, I'm looking straight
2: out <laughs> at Mangerton. <laughs>
1: yeah. And your favorite event in Ireland? Hmm.
2: That happened recently. That's in wait one minute now. That'll be a good one. I think uh, the last time I had fun, fun, fun in a race was Slea. Slea Geltacht. Um And it, was, uh, it happened to be the half one. And it was pissing rain out of the heavens. And I loved every second of it. Was that
1: 2019? When the floods and uh, yeah, yeah yeah
2: that's right yeah yeah that was a great uh, i think that's that.
1: um that's the one yeah and the big one the big this might take a bit to answer who oh, if anyone inspires you you see there'd be different people
2: and different sports well, in any,
1: any sport, any person, just be interesting to get, uh, you know, a, an idea of someone who's performing at a level of, and, and achieving the results you've achieved. You know, who do you take inspiration from? Oh, yeah, I suppose it has to be. Um,
2: it has to be in Keith, hasn't it? I mean, especially after, uh, like, we're recording this and the day he wins the, the spine for the second time. And, uh, I, I, yeah, it's, I, it's just awesome you like would be gobstruck uh,
1: to see what he's achieved. and um, Just an incredible performance and watching it as well. I fully agree seeing that the some of the guys went off and of course we were all watching Damien Hall. Yeah. He's,
2: he's, he's giggling away at them and and he's so down to earth and normal and just like Jaws open the corner, you know, and just goes up and, hi hey, lads, pass them all. This is fabulous. And then uh, like UTMB as well, beating lads. Uh, Brian Buckley is a fabulous uh, talent as well. And Chris like sure, you know, he was, Brian was nowhere near Ian. And how many years is between them? Uh, you know, 13 or 14 years. Um, and to see what he's done. All the, so basically, like, yeah, I've probably five years to catch up to him in age. But Jesus, if I'm, you know, uh, an hour closer to him in five years, that'll be pretty good. Yes, in the UTMB-wise, anyway. You know, if I was an hour closer to him, um, I'd be damn happy with that. And, you know, if I was, we'll say, I don't know, five or six hours behind him in the spine, I'd be giggling. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think uh, Damon Hall said it well. He put up a post about uh, Ian's victory and said, uh, I've respected Ian for years and learned a lot f- lot from him. Obviously, not enough yet. <laughs>
2: That's the other thing is, is um, there's no there's no point in me doing the full spine rating because I have so much to learn and, and you hear Ian is still he mentioned today he's still learning he learned Latin and uh, I used to throw my eyes off at that era learning what yet. but yeah I mean you <laughs> you would whether you know it or not you'd learn a lot every race um, and and when someone tell you then oh any any tips. Yeah, um, <laughs> have you got five hours? I mean, it is probably better just run for five or six hours and or else you can buy me a few pints, but like, there's no one thing and it's all small things and, and it's insignificant little things that can totally change your race.
1: It uh, leads nicely onto a question I had for you. Do, you. do you prefer running solo or do you prefer running with somebody or a group of people?
2: Solo, but that means then that when i do run with people that i love it if that makes any sense
1: makes Uh, total sense
2: yeah because i've been running literally on my own now all every night like um i've been running in the the dark uh since october i went back running again middle of october and one run in the week is in the daylight because let's say it's on a Sunday and Saturday would be uh, maybe three hour fasted cycle or something. So most of the running is in the dark and I love it. But then, and I did a bit over Christmas and then uh, Brian and Mark Bissett called there one day, New Year's day. And it was great to run with them as well. Like it was, it was like, it was like a little child going around, Oh look company. But I was quite happy then the next day to run on my own again, you know? Uh, so, yeah so i suppose i run on my own by necessity uh and i like it when people come along but maybe not all the time well i
1: think it just remains to say listen congratulations an incredible performance it's been an absolute pleasure uh speaking to you about it and getting underneath it a little bit as well because uh i certainly would love to uh, attempt something like that, and, and just you know, you're you're so generous in sharing your knowledge it's and your time.
2: stopping you. I think the entry is open next week. Off with you, <laughs> and be in early because it will sell out. As uh, people are very sadistic and they like uh, <laughs> they like brutality.
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks a million, Joe. Really appreciate it. I'm no sure we'll see you on the trail somewhere soon. You surely will.
0: That's a wrap for our first show back, everybody. And before I go, good luck to everyone who is taking part in the Art O'Neill Challenge over the weekend. And just as I record, they have about an hour or so to go before they start. The Art O'Neill Challenge is such a unique event in the Irish outdoor scene. My dad has done it on on numerous occasions. It's organised by and solely for the benefit of the Dublin and Wicklow Mountain Rescue Team. Its 60km route retraces, of course, the historic escape from Dublin Castle that happened on January 6th, 1592. That night, Art O'Neill, his brother Henry and Red Hugh O'Donnell broke out of the castle and made for Glenmalure to safety. On a freezing night the three made their way on foot and without the benefit of winter coats having had to leave them in their cells, Henry and Hugh both made it to safety but sadly Art for whom the challenge is named after, succumbed to hyperthermia along the way and didn't make it. So a very special event indeed for both everybody, trekking, um, ultra running, walking, whatever it is that you're doing, good luck and of course enjoy that special start in dublin castle a final reminder guys of our patreon if anybody does have the chance to pop over to patreon trail running Ireland podcast and for the price of a gel per month three to six euros that will help keep the lights on over the course of the next 12 months and keep us going week after week everybody have a great week's training enjoy those miles everybody let's get our running gear on let's go